Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So I want to I preach to you today, and I want to call that, What's That I Hear? What's That I Hear? Somebody say that. What's That I Hear? Music, music and singing, as we have just experienced, holds such a power. It, it does. It, it holds a power that, it is a power to affirm and bless and even heal. There is something rich in music and singing and being involved in all of that. That's why, that's why lovers sing to one another. That's, that's why parents sing to children. That's why Christians sing to God. And get this, God sings to us. God has a heart song for you. There is something in his spirit that he sings over you, that he has a heart song for you. I want to run to a book of the Bible that we very we don't go there very often, very seldom. And, and, and it's Zephaniah. So if, you're, if you have a paper Bible today and you're looking for Zephaniah, God bless you. It's Zephaniah chapter 3. So when you, only, when you have a book that only has three chapters and you're doing the seek and you shall find method, you know, you go. And, and, and you know, if you were young, grew up around the church, you had the, those Bible sword drills. Y'all, y'all remember those? Come on, somebody. And you had the Bible sword drills, and you always miss Zephaniah because it only has three chapters. And, and it's, it's, it's the stumper in the, in the sword drills. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17, and it reads as this, The Lord your God is among you. Well, that's a good start. The Lord your God is among you, a warrior who saves. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then it says this, Based on what I just read, talked to you about a second ago, he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will be quite in his love. And then look at this. He will delight in you with singing. (laughs) So I want to jump back into this text and give you the context of the scriptures around it so you can understand and appreciate more verse 17. And so we're going to run back just a little bit further, and that is uh, understand the times in which it was written. The name of the prophet is Zephaniah. If you have a kid coming up and he's a boy, throw that one at him. Just, just label him with it. He'll, he'll bless you for it for years. And God calls this poor man, this prophet, he calls this man into a hornet's nest in Judah. I mean, there are good times to be a prophet, and then there are bad times, and Zephaniah pulled the bad times card. Judah's religion was a mess, and God was angry about it. It was all messed up, and let me tell you why. There was this king named Manasseh. 
and he had been in reigning uh, as king as 50 for 55 years as a pagan reign over Judah and he had polluted everything that used to be God ordained, God blessed from the temples to the homes that had infiltrated into the place that it was a mess. Everything that was holy and godly and good is gone, is destroyed. And, and let me see if I can kind of wrap up and bring it into our day and let you kind of get a picture of what that must have been for a real Jew to be watching the process of this reign of this king and the destroying and where they were when Zephaniah showed up. And let me kind of put it in modern lingo. So say, say, say you were gone from Parkway for a, a number of years and you walked back in our doors after a few years and when you walked away, uh, walked back in, uh, there was some signage that was up that read stuff like this. It said, Transcendental Meditation, and it had an arrow towards the prayer room. It said, Five Steps to Nirvana, and it pointed towards the growth track room. Greek mythology, let's take a second look down the hall to your left. The use of marijuana to achieve a spiritual high in this particular room. Satan, he's not such a bad guy after all in such and such room. Oh, Bible study, janitor's closet. In the foyer, portraits of Zeus, Apollo, Athena, and two nude sculptures, male and female, as you walked in the door. On one side of the platform is a large idol of Buddha, and on the other a New Age symbol, symbol to honor the goddess of fertility. What if, is that, what if that is what you walked into? You were gone a while, and you come back in, you step in, and that's what greets you. And then somebody steps up and says, welcome to Parkway Life Church. I'll tell you what would happen. I would say everyone in this room would get up and walk out. You would say things like, it's disgusting. I can't believe it. What happened? And that's, I wanted to say all that, not to give you fear, but I wanted to say all that to give you a picture of what a real faithful Jew must have felt about what Manasseh had done to their beloved temple. And what I just told you is not far-fetched. That is exactly what was going on. The one true God had been blasphemed and ignored. And that is the context in which God called Zephaniah to preach the word of the Lord. So you got to imagine. This guy, Zephaniah, this anointed prophet from God, is about to step in that temple. He's about to deal for, with, for three chapters. He's about to deal with the mess, the disgust, the nastiness of what humanity and humanism and all of the things of that area that Manasseh had brought in to that period in time. No wonder God's word through Zephaniah are full of judgment. 
And I started to read some of these judgment words, but for a lack of time, just trust me, God chooses strong verbs. He doesn't play around in this. I mean, it is tough verbs that he uses to describe what he is going to do. And he's about to drop on Judah things that are going to blow their mind and judgment. And he lays it out. He's going to deal harshly with the wayward, sinful people of that era. He's going to lower the boom on them. He is going to judge them to the hilt. There's only three chapters, as I mentioned. But two and a half of those chapters are like a funeral dirge. I mean, it is rough. It's full of judgment. It's full of God taking his wrath out in the Old Testament as only he could in the Old Testament. It was tough. It was rough. The language would make you shudder. It'd make you move into the back room and say, oh, I hope God doesn't pass by here. He is angry. He's frustrated. He's mad. But after two and a half chapters, something changed. He changes his tune at the end of two and a half chapters, and Zephaniah no longer preaches doom and judgment and and enclose his Bible and walk away. That's not what happens. At the end of chapter 3, the last words over broken sinners is this. It's healing and joy and restoration God's verbs that he uses begin to change dramatically at that end of that chapter. And he begins to use verbs to describe what he is going to do to the people. And it changes. This God of judgment and wrath has this moment of change at the end of chapter 3. And he starts using verbs like this to these broken sinners and those who have fallen in disgust and evilness. He starts saying, I will restore. He starts saying like this, the Lord has removed your punishment. Somebody to give the Lord some love. He starts saying, the Lord, the Lord has turned his back on your enemy. He starts saying, he starts saying, I will rejoice over you. I will delight in you. I will save you. I will bring you back. And then he says, I will restore your fortune. And then after he says all of those verbs, and it's beautiful, and there's a change, and there's a transformation, then God gets so excited in chapter 3 and verse 17 that he starts busting out in a song. He's like, I can't handle it anymore. There's been enough judgment. There's been enough wrath. The sinners already know where they've sinned. They've made their mistakes. We're going to move past this because I believe in redemption. And I want to tell you, he gets so excited. By the time he gets to the middle of three, he just stops and he just busts out a song. And you don't want me to do that right now. Oh, no. I could could bust out in a song, but it wouldn't be a God heart song. It'd be a song of dirge. <laughs> but listen again now to our text. The, the Lord your God is among you. That's what I read to you earlier. I set the text up now. Now you understand it more. The Lord your God is among you. A warrior who saves. Then he says, he will rejoice over you. 
with gladness. He will be quiet in his love. In other words, there'll be those moments of quietness where he stops and he just gives you a God hug. And he gives you that quiet love, and then he will delight. Oh, I love the word delight in this text. He will delight in you with singing. God says he loves us, and he wraps it up in a song. I'm not sure anywhere in the Bible you will find a text that is a better picture of God's passionate joy that is over you as a person than this single verse. This single verse, it's this God in the moment of brokenness and pain and struggle and mistake and failure. And there's not a person in the room that hasn't been in chapters two to two and a half. Everybody's been there. And you would like to maybe judge yourself and say, well, I'm not, you know, Athena and Zeus and Buddha and this is not my God. And I, but every one of you can go back in the testimony service and say, I once was this. And that's the part of your story that the devil is wanting to pull you back to and keep you locked in right there in that moment. And you're serving a God of judgment. You're serving a God that verbs are strong and rough. That's why Eddie Wilson said, I never wanted to take communion until I came to Parkway. All he knew is chapters two and a half. He never, no one ever told him about a God at the end of chapter three that says, I love you and I want to sing over you. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. That in the, the Hallelujah. 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 Man. Woo. We 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 buried Eddie Wilson this week and a part of Eddie's testimony and process of coming from two and a half to end of three of this chapter was, again, he never took communion until he came to Parkway. He would get out and walk out of the building because they only knew chapter two up to two and a half. <laughs> he only knew a God of judgment. But then, we, then, uh, then he couldn't get enough of communion. He couldn't get enough of what, and then he started preparing for everybody else. He'd get up and get her early to church, and he'd fill up the glasses with grape juice. Just excited, praising God, excited about the process, because what he'd come into, he knew people were about to discover. And then, the, and then this, listen to this, just a few, about two months ago, he started a whole new thing at Parkway. He did drive-through drive communion. He was a shut-in, and we were doing communion that day, and they called and said, but can Eddie take communion? And he came up to the front. I walked out, sit in the car, and we had communion, and once again, he experienced the end of chapter 3. <laughs> Ooh, man. 
God is right there beside you. I don't know if you've picked this up, um, and I don't want to say that in a condescending way, but uh, there has been a number of messages about the awareness of God lately. I don't, I, I, I don't and, and some of them didn't come from me, and I didn't, you know, prep them. It's just been, a, and God's had us in this little theme, and when God has you in a theme, you need to perk up and listen, especially when it says it about two or three or four times, and this is about probably one of those messages about the fourth time that God's been kind of saying, hey, 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 hey. Hey, I'm in the room. Do you know I'm in the room? <laughs> if you're a guest today, your hair is going. <laughs> I'm having fits with these ears. Uh, but I, 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 I've been hearing about this awareness theme that God has us in and talking about us. And I think he sometimes just wants to stop and just say, hey, I'm real close. Real close. The boy's name was John. John eventually became adult, obviously. But at the age of 13, John had a, a major, major issue that took place in his life. At the age of 13, he, had a, uh, he was involved in a, a chemical explosion. And it changed his life. And in that explosion, that chemical explosion, he lost his sight. He no, he no longer could see at the age of 13. And this is John's words from that period in his life. He said, life as I knew it was over. I felt helpless. He said, I hated God. For the first six months, he said, I did nothing to improve my lot in life. I ate all my meals alone in my room. One day my father came to my room and said, John, winter's coming and the storm windows need to be put back up. John, that's your job. It's your job. That's it. I want those hung by the time I get back this evening or else. And dad's voice had, was resolute. Then he turned. He walked out of the room, the dad did. And he slammed the door. He was, it was serious business. John said, I, I got so angry. And I thought, who does he think I am? I'm blind. And he said, I was so angry that I decided to do it. He said, I felt my way to the garage. I found the windows. I located the necessary tools by feeling around. Because I had done this before. This wasn't my first rodeo. I found the ladder, and all the while muttering under my breath, I'll show them. I'll fall. I'll fall, then they'll have to deal with a blind and paralyzed son. Mad, angry. But he said this, I got the windows up. And this is why I told you the story. He said, I found out later. That never at any moment was my father more than five feet away from my side. Daddy was next to me. See, you may feel alone, but you're not alone. God is right there 
with you. Somebody, turn around to somebody and say, I needed to hear that. He's standing right with And you know what you're doing? You're going, I can't believe, I can't believe God's not around here. I can't believe God's not coming through. And we're kind of going through life like that. I've served him for years. I, I, I could do it if I wanted to do it, but I, I, I don't want to do it. And, I, and I'm stumbling around feeling after God, and you can't feel God, and you think because you can't feel God with your five senses, he's not close. And all the time, he's not only close, he's singing over you, watching out for you. There is so much. Man. He delights. He's not, he's not with you out of obligation. He's not with you because he has to be. He's with you because it gives him great joy to be with you. And the Bible says, he delights. He delights in you. The Bible, the text, if they'll throw that text back on the screen, please. It said, God is a warrior. He is a, he is a warrior who saves with a victory song on his lips. That's, that's what this God is. He's this warrior. He's not, he doesn't come show, he's not showing up in his pajamas. When you feel that moment in your life of despair and brokenness and past is messed up, he shows up not in his pajamas sleeping through the night. He shows up sword ringing from his side, belt of truth and power on, authority, knowledge, anointing. And he shows up to do business. And he's there not to lose. He's there to save. And he rejoice, rejoice over you with gladness. And then the remarkable line, God will delight in you with singing. The, ES, the ESV version says this. He renders this phrase. He will exult over you with loud singing. Dude, I love that. Can I say dude at church? He will sing over you with loud singing singing. And so I ask you this question here this morning for you to just think about and mull on through the week, and that is this. Do you ever wonder what song God sings over you? No, 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 you. Because well, the first thing we think was, well, he sings over all the good people. No, no, no. This is two, this is two and a half or, or three seventeen in this text. He's singing over the, he's singing over the bad ones. He's singing over the ones that have been struggling. What's he singing over you? I have uh, this thing. I brought my iPhone to preach with today. Steve Jobs would be happy about that. So I brought my iPhone up here for a reason. I have an app on my, on my phone uh, that you might want to discover, especially if you're a parent of young kids. I did not discover this app when my kids were young, and I told my wife what I was missing was unbelievable. It's called the white noise app. You can go to bed, and the kids can tear the house down. And all you do is just keep turning up the app. Some of you are saying, he's a negligent father. 
oh, baby, why didn't we have this, on those sleepovers. I've got a two-story house, and they wanted to, out of all the rooms, use the room over my head. And I heard that till 3 in the morning. White noise would have saved my life. They want to stay out swimming, they, whatever it may be. I've got it all figured. I used to whine and fuss. Now I just kick in my white noise out and say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, thank you. We love you, Lord. And I go right to bed. Go right to bed. So it's, a, it's, called, it's called white noise. And, 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 and so I, I, you know, I like to throw a little bit of creativity with, with everything. And so they have all kind of sounds on there. And the sounds are, you know, white noise sounds. <laughs> So it's stuff to kind of cover up the night so you don't hear every little thing. Because I'm a real light sleeper if you hadn't figured that out. So, I, uh, of course, I want to take everything up a, a notch. And so I found on here you can record your own songs. Oh, baby. And I've always wanted to be a recording artist. And Scott never would, never would let me. So what I did is, is I got my white noise out and, and worked my way around Scott so he couldn't stop me. And so now when I go on a vacation or something, I find a spot. You know, do y'all have moments, those spots where you go, oh, you drink coffee and the river's running by and it's like loud and you go, I want to remember this? I do. So this is what I do. I get my white noise out and, and, and I, I went to, Adina and I went to Kennebunkport, Maine, and the ocean is coming in. It's roaring in and it, it's, it, we were drinking coffee out there and eating a, uh, eating a muffin out there and it was loud and it was powerful. And where the water is coming in, they had uh, this, this lava rock that kind of goes out. And, and they have, uh, there's this big hole in the lava rock. And the ocean comes in like this. And it forces itself through that lava rock hole and shoots up. Now, we've seen stuff like that in other places. And so I'm just intrigued by that. I love the power. I love all those real powerful sounds and strong water current. And so I've got a little clip here for you I want to show you of that moment. And it's really a pitiful clip, but it's, it's all I could get you, and hopefully we can show it. But at least it will give you a picture of where I was standing, if they can show that uh, right, right here. Look here. So this is, this is where I'm at. You can tell how rough the water is, all this stuff. It's not a good representation, but that's a drop-off right there that's, that's kind of scary. And, 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 then, and then it goes back down. And then up through that hole, if a big wave comes in, then it'll shoot and boom, okay? Pretty cool stuff, right? And, and it keeps doing that all day long. And so I decide, I decide that I'm going to be real creative and make me a white noise recording of it. So I can play this at night while my kids are being loud. So I, I get in this moment... And I get Adina out there, and she's going to help me. And what you do is you, you hold it down there. you got to be real still and real quiet. And I'm getting as close. You're not supposed to get real close to these because they'll pull you into the hole. There's a suction to them. And, uh, but, of course, I did. And, and so I got, but I, I still was safe enough. I'm not an idiot. And so I was safe enough that I, I thought I was good. I mean, we were probably, uh, we, I was probably from here to the, to the front row, and, and I was recording. I was being, and it's, okay. And all, all of this is happening and all of a sudden, there's this rogue wave that comes in. And Dean will tell you, and we're standing there, and I'm, I'm recording. And, it's, and there's this rogue wave that shoots up and just soaks us. And I have a white noise recording of our 
of our actions. There was no cussing, but there was a lot of yelling. Is that cool? I'm just telling you, we were like, ah! I mean, I thought, my God, I'm going to heaven right now, you know? We, so, but, 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 so I, I could play you that one, but I'm not. But I do want to play, I need a, I need a, a mic. Would you do that? Give me a mic and, and, and turn it on for me, please. And this is, this is, testing, test, test. Is that? I'm, I'm not hearing anything. Is it on? All right, we're going to see if it's on. Here we go. This is Kenny Bunkport moment. Not the one I just told you, but the next one I made after it, all right? Just hearing it. Y'all get the picture, and you're thinking right now, he has totally killed this message. <laughs> so, I make that recording, and I'm going to sit this down here, and everything's going good. It's powerful. It's overwhelming moment. But it's not until I lay down, because you listen to this at night, right? So, I lay down in the night. And I listened to what I recorded, and I hope it picked it up here today. That I heard, heard something I had not heard before. I totally missed it. I totally missed it. In this white noise recording was a bird. Did y'all hear the bird? Singing a song. Now, I let you listen to that in a corporate setting. You try to lay down at night. Go to bed, let that kind of drift you off to sleep, and Songbird is singing his heart out. You, you can't even hardly sleep because in the stillness, it, it just, it just is singing much stronger in the stillness of that moment. And, 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 and over, when you're laying there trying to go to bed, it overwhelms the sound of the mighty ocean. <laughs> a song, a song that pierced through the sounds of the mighty waters. I never, this is the key thing that I want to share with you in it. I never heard it on the day of the recording. Because I was over overwhelmed with the drama 
of my surroundings. <laughs> I was overwhelmed with the mighty ocean, the waters, the wind, the fear, the motion of trying to get where I was trying to get to get this recording. All of the drama of my surroundings had totally cut off in my ears the sound of the songbird. And the reason I began to hear it in the night when I played it is for the first time I was still. It was dark. And then I could hear coming through stronger than the ocean for me, the sound of the singing in my ear. Can I just stop and say this? How many of us get so overwhelmed by the drama in life? The, the, the loud, the dangerous, the in-your-face, the fear, the wind, the waves, the kids, the grandkids, that we lose the still small voice of the song of God singing in our ear saying, I love you. That somewhere in the process of life, I miss the beauty of the moment of what God has for me. That I'm caught up in career, and I'm caught up in retirement, and I'm caught up in making the right appointments, and I'm caught up in wearing the right outfits, and I'm caught up in the right social media, and I'm caught up in this, and I'm caught up in that, and boom, the explosion of the moment, and I get lost, and I forget that the Father is five feet away over me, delighting singing a song that says, Keating, I love you. 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 Hear me. Hear me when I say this. We are missing the miraculous of the moment because of the drama of the things in our ear. We're missing the song of God. We're missing hearing the heart song of God because we can't ever shut off the things that are around you. I want to take for just a few minutes here in this morning and kind of preach to you into your ear for just a few minutes. What's that I hear? What's that I hear? What is going on when you go to bed? What's going on when you wake up? What's going on about your days? What's going on? Is it stress? Is it fear? Is it depression? Is it oppression? Come on, I come to tell you. This is a church of healing and restoration. But the devil has lied to you. He's been loud in your ear. There's been so much drama. Come on, I'm preaching to you. But God's wanting to tell you, what's that I hear? I am delighting over you. I am singing over you. And I delight in you. Woo, man, 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 man. Do you feel what I feel in this room right now? Adina. Adina and the other ones that I asked to help me today, I asked them to do this at the last minute, and they, they did. And, and, this is, and this is why I want them to come and, and help me today, because this is the deal. I can preach about this, and you, know, you, you folks know this about me, that I'm big about not preaching, and then you can't go home and live it. I want you to have something, to grab hold of it too, and you go, I can, I can get that. So if I just tell you God's singing a song over you, and I end it there, it's one of these... Woo, good moment, good moment. I'm going to buy me a white noise out. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in you to make it relative in your life. I'm interested in bringing it in the real of your life. Is that okay today? 
So, so this is what I want to do. This is what I do. God is singing over you. You're not too bad or you're not too good to have the voice of God singing over you. He is delighting in you. He's a warrior that saves. But how and what is God speaking to my life? Let me tell you this. He speaks to you from the Word of God. His song to you is coming to you from the Word of God. And you're reading it as David's song. You're reading it as uh, Zephaniah. You're reading it as this and that. And he's saying, listen, I prepared all of this so that I could sing into your ear. And these words in the Word of God become the song that sing that you have to turn off, every, off everything around you. And listen to me. I am about to sing. And while I was preparing this message, I'm pretty sure... I heard him sing the song, the same song that he sang to Joshua. I hear him singing over you. And if you will just listen closely, you'll, you'll hear him sing it. And it sounds like this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Man. I think, I think while I was making this message, I heard Jesus sing this song over you. In this world you will have tribulations, but cheer up. I have overcome the world. <laughs> I, I think I heard, I think I heard God sing Psalms 103 over somebody here, and it sounds like this. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed your transgression. <laughs> Can you listen to that on Monday morning? You. Can you listen to that on Tuesday? Can you hear that in your ear when you go to bed at night? Can you let that be your white noise? Can you hear the song? I think I heard Jesus sing this. Come unto me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Can you stand and throw your hands in the air? Can you stand with me and throw your hands in the air? Woo, the presence of the Lord is here right now. I, I, I heard the Lord sing the song the bride sang to her lover in the song of songs. Sing it. Behold, you are beautiful, my beloved, truly delightful. <laughs> Hold on just a kid. He is singing that over you. So you think you have a low worth, all, all the stuff that you walked in here with? And he's saying this through the word of God as a song over you. Sing it one more time. Behold, you are beautiful, my beloved. You're truly delightful. See, some of you want somebody to tap you on the shoulder and give you a word from God. He's singing one over you. And I heard this song from Romans 2, and this will be my last one, but, but, but hopefully we're teaching you something that you can take the Word of God and make these happen for you. And the Romans, sing it, brother. Nothing, nothing can separate you from my love. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Psalms 46 and 10. Psalms 46 and 10. Be still and know. Know that I am 